Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. Dairy exports are up and 2022 is on pace to being a great year for U.S. dairy. This is despite some of those challenges like high input costs. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report, getting an update on what's happening in the dairy export and trade space from the U.S. Dairy Export Council. CEO Krista Harden starts off with how the recent midterm election influences how the council gets work done. Um, well, thank you, Stephanie. I appreciate the time and um, really excited to, to join you today. Um, you know, frankly, the elections are important, obviously, for our form of government, and we're, we're certainly, we like everyone else, are encourage folks to vote and participate and be involved. But, you know, the results don't impact us in a dramatic way. USDEC is just a firmly a bipartisan, have a, a real strong bipartisan approach um, to our workings. We have champions on both sides of the aisle, in the House and in the Senate. You know, dairy kind of brings people together. It's a universal, you know, um, um, element of good nutrition and, you know, the farmers themselves, the economic um, impact it has on local communities. So we're really lucky, I think, in dairy and agriculture in general um, to have folks who get what we do and appreciate the folks who do it, if you will. So we're, you know, we try very hard to make sure that we um, have a bipartisan approach in everything that we do. So um, we're, we're glad we have friends in all corners, frankly. What is taking center stage for you right now? What's top of mind as we wrap up 2022 and head into the new year? Yeah, well, you know, we're, we're lucky right now. Dairy exports are up about 4% by volume and 25% through September. That's the latest numbers that we have. So we're, we're on pace to have a very good year in 2022 in spite of some of the headwinds, which include some of the supply chain and shipping issues. Obviously, input costs for our farmers are up. I don't... You know, I don't have to tell them this, energy, labor, all the things that go into dairying. But we're also seeing great demand for our products. So we're telling a really good story to our friends and anybody will listen, frankly, about what's happening in U.S. dairy. Our commitment to nutritious products to produce in a sustainable way. As we gear up looking ahead to what might be happening in a new Congress, um, thinking about Farm Bill, obviously it's around the corner, so we'll have discussions on that. We'll t- continue to talk about some of the problems we have in shipping and supply chain all the way through, um, you know, all from really sort of rail, trucking, and then at our ports as well. So we don't want those issues, not you know, to fall off the agenda, and we'll con- keep reminding our friends of- about those as well, and they've been so helpful thus far. So, you know, there's a number of things we'd like to see, you know, more um, really focus on free trade agreements. You know, it's not just implementation of the ones we have and uh, industry taking advantage of those you know, great situations, but also we need more because our competitors are out there getting more um, free trade agreements. So that's kind of the top issues, um, Stephanie, that we're really focusing on right now. Well, let's dive right into exports then. How do you describe the current state of U.S. dairy exports? I know you mentioned it was up, but can you provide any specific numbers and comparisons to years past? Yeah, well, I'll be happy to tell you that we there's growing interest, growing awareness, and importance of U.S. dairy around the world. Supplies are tight. 
that are tight not only from the U.S., but also from our competitors. So we are definitely always working um, to make sure we are finding the, you know, the most important markets, key markets for our members, and which include dairy farmers, obviously, to make sure we're getting product to, to all of the customers and those who are looking for us. As I mentioned, we're up 4% by volume and 25% by value. Those are numbers that matter to farmers as well. This growing interest in U.S. dairy is really, in my mind, you know, something to be extremely excited about as we look ahead and thinking of how do we keep, you know, farmers on the farm and that next generation coming back. It really is about having new markets and potential growth um, in the markets where we are as well as, you know, new places as we really do think about, um, you know, growing the um, kind of awareness and the interest, if you will, in in U.S. dairy products. New markets would be an opportunity to promote U.S. dairy overseas, but the current administration had been clear from the get-go. It wanted to focus on domestic issues, not necessarily international trade deals. Krista, is that still the sentiment from the White House, or are there new trade deals in the works? What's happening? Well, there are no new trade deals in the way that I'm aware of. There are certainly other kind of steps that are being taken by the administration, but we continue to push them and, and Congress as well to think about new markets. But I would just, just give you a little comparison, though, where we are. Mexico, our biggest market, is up 27% from last year. Um, Southeast Asia is up 11%. Um, other markets are growing as well. So we keep showing you know, the administration and others hey, this is what happens when we have good trading um, partners, when we have the right climate and the right situation. Demand is there. Our products are good. Our you know, customers want these products. So we use that as an example to keep pushing um, for more opportunities in different markets. You kind of alluded to earlier something holding dairy back, as farmers are well aware, input costs and supply chain challenges. What is U.S. Dairy Export Council's role in helping mitigate these challenges or presenting uh, solutions to fix these problems? Well, U.S. Dairy Export Council tries to be their voice um, in very key venues at decision-making levels here in Washington and other places. We meet with port authorities. Often we meet with the carriers, their CEOs and decision-makers to help them remember how important um, exports are to U.S. agriculture. You know, the front, you know, page and the top headline on the news is often about imports, products that U.S., you know, consumers want to get from various markets, especially during the holidays. And sometimes exports is not front and center. So we have to be that voice. We have to, you know, make sure that decision makers and all elements of the supply chain recognize how significant agriculture, the role of agriculture and dairy specifically is in local economies, helping farmers have new markets, jobs that are created there, and also helping to nourish, you know, a very hungry and food insecure world. So it's really about highlighting, bringing attention, um, being that voice, supplying facts and data and information to decision makers as well, and, you know, opening doors for our members. We often have them testify at Congress. We have them meet at the White House. We have them meet with other officials to talk specifically about what's happening in their business, what it means, these holdups, these hurdles, these obstacles to getting, you know, carrier space or, you know, having 
railroad, um, proper um, railroad availability. So it's really about, you know, continue to beat that drum where it's so consistent and we just don't let up, making sure that dairy farmers and dairy industries' voices are heard. What about making sure that trade agreements uh, that we do currently have are kind of staying um, on schedule or in line. The reason I bring this up is I want to ask you specifically about the USMCA uh, disagreement with Canada on tariff rate quotas. Canada is Wisconsin's uh, number one international export destination. Can you give us kind of an update on what's going on there? Has that been resolved? What's going on? Oh, I wish I had the best news for you, but I don't. Um, and that is one thing that we have definitely done is work with this administration and held their feet to the fire to keep pressure on Canada to honor the commitments that they made in USMCA. I mean, they made commitments. And um, now they want to back away from those. Now they, you know, want to look at them differently. So our government has to make sure, you know, that there are consequences, that we hold the feet to the fire of the Canadians to say, you know, you signed this agreement, you made these commitments. Um, we're not there, but we're on the second wave of dispute settlement um, process against Canada. So we, we're not letting them, you know, let we're not going to let this slide. I guess is what I would say. We continue to work with our government to make sure um, that we have to, you know, honor our commitments and agreements. We're doing so from the U.S. Mexico is doing so, and Canada has to as well. So second wave in that process. My goodness, <laughs> things in government are so drawn out, aren't they? Oh, they, they take longer than they should in my book. I'll be honest with you. I do get impatient, but we just have to be consistent. We have to, we cannot let up. We have to keep the pressure on. And, you know, it's, this is not going to go away. It was one of our messages to the Canadians. We're going to continue to press. Well, thanks for outlining that for us. Chris, I, my last question for you is about the 2023 Farm Bill. I want to know what kind of discussions are happening around that piece of legislation that Wisconsin dairy men and women should be aware of? Well, you know, from a trade perspective, obviously there are a lot of things in the bill that do impact dairy farmers, and our sister organizations will be working on those. But there are also big trade programs that are universally supported, both by Republicans and Democrats. The Farm Market Development Program has been one. Um, the Market Access Program is another. They are long-term programs that are not new, but they're critical to our marketing dollars. They help us leverage dollars from farmers and from our member companies to make sure we're in key markets talking about U.S. dairy products. And I promise you, Wisconsin cheese comes up a lot when we're when we're using these programs. I assume always in a good way. Always, always, certainly. Um, we certainly have built a great reputation with the wonderful cheeses, and we are able to continue to open doors so more types of cheeses um, can be exported to, to growing markets. So we use those programs. We want to make sure they stay in the farm bill. They're authorized at, you know, at even better levels. Um, I think I testified once this year, the House Ag Committee and said, let's double these programs. We need them. The demand is there. And they do, again, help us leverage um, the dollars from the farmers and members. Krista Hardin is the CEO of the U.S. Dairy Export Council. Her message is that while there may not be new trade deals underway, the council continues to work to open up new export opportunities and strengthen the relationships we already have with international partners. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.